Hey everyone, my name is Ben, and thank you all for tuning into my podcast. Today we're going to be talking about something that sticks in our minds when we hear about it for the first time. Making a lot of us sick to our stomach, because in this episode, we are going to be talking about three serial killers who are still alive today. Our first killer is Gary Leon Ridgway, better known as the Green River Killer. Born on February 18th, 1949, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Woodray grew up in a poor area with a not-so-pleasant home life. He was the middle child and was constantly degraded by his mother for most of his childhood. His parents would often have violent arguments and would fight constantly. His father, who was a bus driver, would constantly tell Ridgway the dangers of prostitutes, something that he didn't listen to. After graduating high school, he went to Vietnam, serving in the Navy, where he frequently had sexual intercourse with prostitutes. He came back finding work painting trucks for 30 years. Ridgway was married three times, with the first two ending in divorce. For most of his life, he was an often customer of sex workers, although often complaining about them being in his neighborhood. He started his killings in 1982 and was active until December 2001. Ridgway's first murders aren't recorded, but what is recorded is the alarming amount of victims he is said to have, being convicted of 49, but by his own claims and many claims from law enforcement is believed up to be 79 young women, with the youngest victim being just 15 years old. He kidnapped most of his victims near Pacific Highway South in King County, Washington, where once the women got into his truck, most being prostitutes, but some being runaways, he would show them a picture of his son, causing them to feel safe with him. Then, Ridgway would strangle them, burying their bodies near the Green River, where he got his nickname. The odd thing with Ridgway is that he was a very religious man, going to church often, and even crying after some sermons. Ridgway's murders actually went down during, this time of re- during his time of religion, when he married his third wife, Judith, claiming that he generally loved her, but his desire for killing was too much causing him to kill again and again. Ridgway was arrested on November 30th, 2001, at his place of work when paint samples and DNA taken from one of his victims in in 1987 linked him to a couple of his victims. Ridgway would enter a plea deal in exchange for his life, where he would tell police where he had buried most of his victims. Ridgway would end up confessing to more murders than any other American serial killer by far. Ridgway is currently serving a life sentence in USP Florence High, a high security prison in Colorado. Now let's travel to the Midwest to take a look at our second serial killer, one that most of you have heard with his gruesome killings and his ability to elude the police. Dennis Rader, better known as BTK, was born on March 9th, 1945 in Pittsburgh, Kansas growing up relatively normal, being the oldest of four sons. His parents worked long hours, with Raider claiming that his mom would show him little attention. While growing up, Raider hid his acts of killing and hanging stray animals, a very common theme among serial killers. Raider also would dress in women's clothes and spy on his female neighbors. After high school, Raider joined the U.S. Air Force, and in the 1960s, he returned home, where he married his wife. They both moved to Wichita, Kansas. Raider found a job working for ADT, 
where he would install the security systems of most of his victims. Rader committed his first murders on January 15, 1974, where he strangled all four members of the Otero family, including two young children. Before leaving, he stole a watch and a radio, the first of many souvenirs he would end up taking. Rader's first murders just, show, just go to show how crazed he was, killing two children and later admitting to getting sexual pleasures from the murders. His second, his second murder occurred just a couple months later, on April 4th, 1974, of a young woman named Catherine Bright, strangling her before shooting her brother, who survived the attack. Later that year, Rader would begin taunting the police, sending many handwritten letters, even giving himself his nickname of Bind, Torture, Kill. In these letters, he would describe the sexual pleasure he would get from his murders and how he enjoyed doing it. Rader would commit his last killing in 1991 after he took a break to focus on family life. Becoming one of the leaders of his church, Rader was responsible for 10 killings in his lifetime. Rader was caught out of his own will to taunt police by sending them a floppy disk that was tracked back to his church, where he was a leader. He was arrested in February 2005, being charged with 10 first-degree murders. He entered a plea deal, giving his gruesome accounts in the courtroom, where he talks about his sexual fantasies and sexual sadism with women. People in the courtroom said that Rader showed little to no remorse for his crimes and actions. You can actually watch these courtroom's recordings, where Rader sits silent with little to no emotion. It's honestly very creepy when you know you're watching a video of one of the most known serial killers. Rader is currently serving a 10-year life sentence at El Dorado Correctional Facility. The final killer we'll be looking at is one who you might not have heard about, with him being lesser known, even though he had a high kill count when looking at other more popular killers. Joel Rifkin, aka Joel the Ripper, was born on January 20th, 1959, growing up in New York City. Rifkin was adopted three weeks after his birth. He had a very difficult time fitting in with his peers and was often the target of many bullies. This caused him to struggle in school, despite an IQ of 128. He joined the track team in high school in hopes of making friends, instead was a target for more bullies. Rifkin's bullying caused him to develop very poor social skills, and with the death of his father in 1987, he became more unstable. Rifkin was an often customer of prostitutes, leaving his home late at night or skipping class at college to see them. He would spend most of the little money he had on prostitutes. He even started his killings with prostitutes, and in March 1989, he committed his first murder of a prostitute named Susie who he brought back to his mother's home in Long Island. Rifkin strangled Susie and dismembered her body by removing her teeth and fingertips, scattering them around New York City. His second murder a year later was with another prostitute named Julie Blackbird, bringing her, to the, bringing her back to the same home, strangling her and dismembering her body. Rifkin would later open a landscaping company in 1991, disposing of most of his victims at different job sites. Rifkin's murders ended on June 28, 1993, after being involved in a high-speed chase with police. 
The chase ended after Rifkin crashed into a utility pole, and the funny thing is that he crashed in front of the courthouse where he would later be sentenced. Once arrested, the police noted a foul smell coming from Rifkin's trunk. The police found the rotting corpse of its latest victim. He was arrested and interrogated, admitting to his crimes. On May 9, 1994, Rifkin was sentenced to 25 years to life after committing the murders of 17 prostitutes in the, in the New York area. He was sent to the Attica Correctional Facility, where he got into a fight with another serial killer named Colin Ferguson. Colin punched Rifkin after Rifkin said that he killed more people than Colin. After this incident, Rifkin was placed in solitary confinement for four years of his sentence. He sued the prison facility for facility for this, demanding $77 million, saying his confinement was unconstitutional. Where a court found the prison did not violate his rights. He was later sent to Clinton Correctional Facility, where he is currently serving 203 years with no chance of parole. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast, and remember to always watch your back.